Is that an invisible TV? Yeah, they're saying it's going to come out any day now. Wow, a see-through TV. I have seen it all. Hey, this is Michelle Spivett, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into talking about invisible when not in use. I'll see you on the flip. A real see-through TV. Can you imagine? Now, I saw the picture of it, and uh, they said it was a concept where Panasonic is actually working on what they call a glass see-through TV. And what it's made to do is when you are using it, it works like a very good TV. But when it's not, it's supposed to become invisible and fade into the background where it is not obtrusive to the landscape of your uh, aesthetic. And so it got me to really thinking about how I see a lot of similarities with that, um, with the way things are. You know, maybe it's a phase, maybe it's just how, how, you know, you can be. But there are many times when people become invisible when not in use. And so at first I looked at it as a, oh, you know, kind of thing, because I mean, when I was younger, I, I easily felt that way. I was like, oh, so you only want to notice me when you need something from me. But that was, you know, a younger, immature me. And or and then I I thought about it like, oh, so I'm not the it girl. I don't look like, you know, what is the current or the trendy at the time, uh, aesthetic for beauty. So I'm only useful when you need me to do something, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was all up in my feelings. Yeah, I was. But then as a creative, I really kind of felt that way. Because I was so used to people just looking at me for the creations and the ability of what I could do instead of seeing me. And thus, I would only get the calls, only get the the reach outs when someone needed me to create something for them. And I worked on that for a little while because I was like, this should not upset or bother me or get me off balance as much. And looking back over the years of going through those processes, when I saw that TV, it kind of like brought that back up. And wisdom was so good that I I started to realize how far I've come with having to work with that. And so I don't have all the answers. Like I said, this is not a podcast about trying to tell you all the answers. It's just exploring some things, giving you some food for thought, and maybe giving you some inspiration so that you can get more of the wisdom smack. So if I can shortcut it for you, that's great. All right, so let me tell you a little bit of uh, the wisdom that I got once I licked my wounds and started to move on. And the funny thing is, is for um, what what I went through, I found out, yeah, you're not alone. Everybody feels like that. So let's get into it. All right, so the, the biggest thing I wanna say here is, is that when we are in our formative stages, you know, younger, uh, teenage years, 20s, maybe even into the 30s, we have a need to have community. If you'll notice that when you are young, you might have a little small circle of friends. And then it's when you start to get into your teen years that you start forming packs and gangs and those types of things where you start to have many friends. 
By the time you become a new adult, which is going to be somewhere between 18 and 25-ish, you're going to have a group of friends that you identify with. And, and then after that, you'll start to move really into your identity of who you are. And thus, the group of friends will dwindle down to a few or maybe even one if you are successful uh, with that. Uh, I don't like to use the word lucky, but I'm going to say successful with that. And then you move into like your mid thirties or whatever. And by this time you have me and mine and no more, meaning you've got your family unit or it's just you. And, um, and then you, you move on from there. And all I've really done is talked about the observation that we have from lifespan de- development. Now this is not uh, etched in stone and it can change, but that's what we know from lifespan development observations over the many years we've been studying it. And I said that to say that this thing called confidence uh, is built when you're able to find a sense of belonging, meaning that you're able to find where you belong in a group or in people. And that's another reason why a lot of people even deal with groups and even want to be seen, appreciated, recognized because they're whether they know it or not, they are trying to either build, establish, or maintain their confidence. What is the fir- one of the first things you realize when you talk about someone uh, who has uh, who might be a reclusive or who who might have uh, retreated from public uh, eye, the public eye? You might feel like they are a hermit. And when we talk about people who are hermits, we don't think of them as being very confident. No, we think of them as shirking back in the in the dark. And so when people feel invisible, like they're not seen, it's like you are not you, but like society is trying to take away their sense of belonging, their sense of footing and their confidence. And so I wanted to just set that up first because it took me a while to realize that that was what was going on with me. And yeah, I had act out tendencies and behaviors during those formative years because I really was trying to assert my standing and my sense of self uh, in, you know, confidence. And uh, I mean, going from being a shy, meek child to uh becoming part of a group to uh, becoming part of, I I didn't even realize I was in a clique, y'all. I didn't even realize I was quote unquote in the in crowd until I was an adult and looked back on my, on my teen years. But just even all of the stuff I did at that time was surrounded around this only to come back full circle and be able to be invisible when not in use. And I'm going to say this, at this particular time in my life, I'm very happy to be able to be invisible when not in use. But it takes a lot of growth and I think it took some um, maturing for me to get to that point. So if you find that you're feeling any kind of way where you feel marginalized, put upon, ignored, or, um, and I said, mar- you know, yeah, I said marginalized. I I want this to be a wisdom for you, okay? And that is that sometimes if you feel like you only belong based on what you can do for others, I want you to flip that around and I want you to realize that you have 
a gift in that people only want to have things from you uh, when they need them. Think of if you were always required to just be around and to be on display and to never get a break. Yeah. What I'm really kind of getting at is the the infamy of being um, famous, being seen. Do you know that the fear of being seen is up there in the upper echelons, just like the fear of public speaking? Because the fear of being seen and the fear of public speaking both equate death or, or annihilation in some people's eyes because of the scrutiny, the external scrutiny from others on their actions, behaviors, or who they are. Yeah, it gets to be really deep. And so it wasn't until I was able to, you know, polarity, look at the other side of what that meant, that I was like, wow, I'm able to be left alone in peace when when. When I'm not producing X, Y, and Z for these people, they are not demanding stuff of me. So this is this is actually a gift. <laughs> and so when I started looking at that, then I started realizing something else. And that is anonymity. Oh my gosh. Um, I made this joke a, a little while ago that I uh, am so ninja that if I wanted to, I could go out and look like wear a paper bag on my head and no one would notice I was ever there. And it was so funny because there is this sketch show that recently came out. It's called the Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. And you guys, you know, can check it out. I don't have HBO, but you go check it out. I just saw a little clip that HBO put out on YouTube. And it was so funny because it was this lady who was this renowned uh, spy. And she was like, I am invisible. <laughs> People just cannot see me. And so they show her doing the funniest things, you know, slipping through security where she's just standing there. She just walks right through and people ignore her and all of that. And I so identified with it in a funny way because I was like, yeah, I totally get that. No one's quote unquote checking for me. No, no one's paying attention to me. And so I started to embrace the gifts that come with anonymity. Because I'm going to tell you, with anonymity, not only are you able to move around freely, but you don't necessarily have to be tethered to anything. You can be capricious with your ideas, your opinions, your beliefs. You know, if you want to be a person who only uh, dresses a certain way this month, you can be a person who dresses a, a certain way the next month or whatever you want. Your identity can be whatever you want because no one is really paying attention and thus no one is really going to call you on the carpet for it. So yeah, maybe maybe I got a little bit too excited about anonymity, but it was very powerful. So let me tell you something real quick. And this is a big wisdom smack that I had to get. When I first started uh decided I was going to change my career. At the time, the, for whatever reason, I just wanted, I needed, I think, because I was still in that stage, I needed that accolation, you know, um, the um, adoration, all of those things, all of those Asians uh, to prove that I was worthy to prove, because, you know, my worthiness stuff, to prove I was worthy or to prove that I was successful. And 
I did all the right stuff and I hit all the right marks and I got on the stages for, you know, meeting this benchmark and doing this thing and all of that, only to find out that no one had told me the cons of doing that. That when you have the spotlight on you, the scrutiny is for real. And not only the the scrutiny, you know, I could deal with the people, you know, dissecting everything I did, my behaviors, my looks, and all of that. No, it was going after my livelihood because everybody that smiles and cheers for you is not your friend. And they might be smiling and cheering for you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what they're trying to do (laughs) in a minute, but they might be smiling and cheering for you so that you become more open and trusting so that they can go and do what they need to. Now, I don't want to come off as jaded, but I am going to tell you what I know and not what I heard. And that is be careful. If you are always wanting to be in the spotlight, if you're if you are equating success with how many people know you, like you, and that's a big quote mark around that like you situation. Be careful of that. You know, there was this I, I remember it. I used to have this um this little saying on my vision board that said something like, uh, work. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember it because I, I took it down years ago, but it was like, um, Oh, work until you don't have to introduce, you don't have to tell anyone your anyone your name when you walk in a room. It was something like that. And I and and then I had another one like uh, you know, always think outside the box and all these different little things. And as I continue to understand, I would play my part, meaning I would be invisible when not in use, but I would play my part. And so that moved from needing to always be acknowledged, recognized, commended, respected, and, you know, working so that everybody knows my name and all of this kind of stuff. I then moved toward when I am in use, I want to be compensated very handsomely. You know, one of my affirmations is that people happily reward me with income and uh, favor for me being just me. And so it, it, it moved from despising being visible when, invisible when not in use to, okay, if I'm invisible, the times you do need me, I want you to be happy about it. I want you to uh, grant me favor and uh, pay me handsomely. And so then I moved to that. But then I had to start looking at those uh, things in my vision board and affirmations that I had written for years about wanting people to know my name and um, think, you know, always being outside the box and a trail buster and all this kind of stuff. And I had to realize that if you are invisible when not in use, maybe it's because you are not in their realm. Maybe you are outside of it and they only can get to you or appeal to you when they need you. And so just even having that epiphany and that wisdom shift changed some some things. I no longer wanted to just make sure I was USA Today, New York Times, bestselling and all that. Yeah, those accolades were great to get them. But guess what? They didn't really add one decimal, not not one, to what I was already doing. And so I realized that when people wanted certain kinds of reads and good, you know, uh, books and things, that 
because uh, I was really good at giving people what it was I was good at, that the word of mouth would always prevail and people would find me. You know, I do. Now, I will say this. Just the other day, I got a um, something from someone who said, I just found your books and I spent my whole weekend reading this series. And are you going to put more books in this series? And I was like, I'm working on it. You know, go read uh, some of the other series until I get done. <laughs> you know, and they were like, you have a new fan. And, and I love that kind of stuff. But, and I'm not going to say but because I don't want to erase what I just said. And I'm going to add on to it. And at this particular time in my life, it makes uh, a, a greater difference to me because I have become adept at being invisible until you need me. You see, if if someone and this this is where the wisdom smack is going to come in, and hopefully this is going to help you. And thank you for listening to me talk about me. Now let's talk about you, okay? Because this is really about you. So. If you find that you feel like you're only invisible when, when, when in you, I mean, invisible all the time when you're not in use, when somebody doesn't want something from you, rejoice, be happy about it. Because being, having a certain amount of an anonymity means that you can move freely about, you can do what you need to do. You don't realize the gift of anonymity until it's gone. Imagine always being uh, the goldfish in the uh, fishbowl in the center of the room where all eyes are on you and everything you do is scrutinized and everybody is always coming for you and after you and everybody wants a piece of you. That's prison. And so I had to learn and I didn't even get quote unquote real famous, but I got a taste, just a bit of a taste of it. Like, oh, I want no parts of this. And so it became great because I was able to take that knowledge, that experience, and I was able to start to make full use of the precious gift that I have that I can basically chill, do what I want when people are not specifically looking for what I create and what I can bring to the table. And I love that. I love that. And so this is the next part that I, I want to I wanna bring up that it took me a while to get to. And that is, if you are blessed with this gift, because yes, this is actually a gift. If no one uh, seems to be checking for you, and when I say checking for you, if no one seems to be always looking for you, and no one is stalking you, no, no one is trying to um, uncover every aspect of your life, be thankful and be grateful. Because what you can do is you can become adept at anonymity, and even as secrets. And an adept is a person who has become a master of something. And what I found is, is that when you are invisible, you can move and, and do some things. Whether you are growing yourself or whether you are growing in the knowledge of, of other things that you need to do. Yesterday's podcast, I talked about not letting your plans be known. And what I didn't say in the podcast is that uh, I've been having to tell people this a lot. A lot of times people think that their value and their worth, because remember we talked about confidence, their value and their worth is based on how they can fit into an, a group. And so people start to spout and tell all their business, tell all their plans, thinking this is going to ingratiate me with this crowd or this group. And then I'll be loved. And because I showed all this value and all this kind of stuff, only to find out that they laughed in your face, 
took everything you said and then went and did it faster and maybe even better than you did. So I didn't want that to continue to be happening to people because it seems to be happening more and more. And one person was like, where's the morality? And I'm like, you have to understand this is a dog eat dog world. Everybody's morality is not the same. So don't think that you're going to rail against, you know, it's kind of like boxing with the wind. You're not going to win. So that means keep your mouth shut. Thank goodness for your invisibility and work while no one is looking for you. And that brought me to another thing. I was dealing with a client and they were so busy trying to figure out how do I become number one? And I was, and I had to just stop her and ask, what happens when you become number one? What does that mean for you? And she was only seeing the uh the side that we most dream about. She was seeing the fantasy side. She was like, I'll get the accolades. People will just buy all my books. I'll be loved and I'll be this and I'll be that. I was like, no, you will invite trolls. You will invite copycats. You will invite thieves. You will uh, invite scrutiny. People will try to figure out every part about you and develop a dossier and know you better than you know yourself. And successfully, if you're not aware of it, take you down. And, and so I told her, said, success, uh, you can definitely have a number one. Just be ready for it. If you know that this is what you want, be ready for both sides of what's going to come. I am never going to tell you don't go for a number one because it's a great feeling. I've been there. I know it's a great feeling. And I will be, you know, and 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 when I say I've been there, I continue. Now, don't, don't get it twisted. Yes, I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I am a best-selling author, I, you know, and I, I have a lot of accolades in my quiver of stuff that I, I continue to do. I'm very thankful for that. But going through what I have gone through and understood uh, the pros and cons of both sides, wisdom is now saying, you know what? Be happy. And there is a uh, Apostle Paul, he he said this, uh, or, or it's recorded that he was like, I have learned to, to be content, whether abased, meaning down low, or abounded, meaning up high. And that is the wisdom of what I'm, I'm bringing to you today. You know, if you feel like you're invisible when not in use, if you feel like the only time people want to be around you is when you can do something for them, or when you can provide something, or when... Uh, you can um, get them something. Is that such a bad thing? Seriously. Because if you look at it as not something punitive, as not something to be put upon, you can make it where, you know what? If that's the only time you want to see me, great. Pay me, uh, do what I need or grant me this or grant me that. And then <laughs> you will you will actually... Um, be able to make the best of that. And then the times when you are invisible, there is so much more you can grow and learn in. Uh, yesterday, I talked about what the movers and shakers, the power brokers uh, want. Um, they don't want a product. They don't, they don't want to be seen. What they want is they want to know how the sausage is made. They want to know the ins and outs of things so that they can move expeditiously in the dark doing things. Um, I remember hearing uh, a story that um, uh, a, a rapper, uh, Master P, he was, he's, he's a, he's a established uh, person in the game. And he said when he was young and just coming out, this guy offered him a $20 million deal and he had to sit back and he thought, he says, if, 
he's offering me 20 million to be on the forefront and I've never heard of him before now, then what must I really be worth? And he said he took that and sure enough, he was able to 10X that to 200 million. And that was such a wisdom smack that I was very grateful because I remember being in college when he was talking about this. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Because like I said before, we're all taught to go for the go for the ring, be the star, be out front, and don't really realize that the real power is the invisibility behind the the like <laughs> I have a friend who uh works in television and she always tells me she's like the stars that you see on TV are the paupers of the entertainment industry. They are the worker bees. She was like, you don't understand real accumulation of financial wealth until you see the secret deal makers, the power brokers, the invisible hands behind everything that goes on. She says, they have so much money and so so much power in that industry that they can change the course of lives and meaning, you know, people do things with their own lives to appease these powers that be. And they all have what you have right now, invisibility when not in use. And so that is one of the most powerful things that you can, you can uh, broker in right now. If you're working in anonymity, nobody knows your name right now, you have the power of the power gods of industry. Do you know how long they truly work to stay anonymous, to stay secretive, to stay being the invisible hand of power moving? That is one of the things that the truly powerful must learn and must do. And that is to move with a grace that is so quiet that you're a phantom and people don't really know that you were ever there. And so going into this, this was in, in my last few minutes, I want to talk about this big wisdom smack that I got. And that was this, that becoming an adept means that people, if you're truly becoming an adept at being um, anonymous, at being invisible, is people tend to forget you're around. And if they forget that you're around, you can even do your work in full view and they won't even see you coming. And that means that you will be able to uh, have a, a boost to your powers, a boost to what you can do. Um, there are things like, I, I think I've told you guys before, like I have a sibling. She is so funny. She's like, I refuse to go to you, go with you to the grocery store, to Target, to places like this. And I'm like, why? And she says, people just stop you and they tell you their life. And, you know, usually I'll blame it on the fact that, you know, I was a, a pretty good therapist for many years. And so I have that aura. She's like, no, it's just something about you. She said, they just tell you too much. She says, it's always TMI. And I laughed it off. But then I had to realize that it was something. I was, no joke, you guys. I was at Home Depot the other day uh, looking for something uh, for a project at the house. And before I knew it, the lady assisting me is telling me about a whole bunch of personal, personal, personal stuff. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just, she says, I'm just whatever. And I was like, it's okay. 
And at that moment, and I didn't consciously think, oh, I'm going to do this. But I just started asking questions, you know, that I would have in in therapy because we were in a little area where nobody was there and nobody would have overheard us. So I asked her the questions. She answered them, just, just totally answered them. And I was like, okay, so, you know, I was like, these are some of the things you can consider and um, do this. And then I had to remind her, I says, now, going forward, I want you to, you know, guard what you know. And I was like, I did identify myself as a, a professional skilled in those arts and I do hold confidences. But what I want you to do is from now on, I want you to be more circumspect uh, around the people that you might share with. She says, well, I don't, I don't, I don't normally share. I don't know why I just share it with you. She says, it's just something about you. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. And I just told her, I says, because whether you know it or not, you could be revealing vulnerabilities to people who don't have your goodwill at heart. And she was like, yes, I understand that. Thank you so much. And, and she's like, I still appreciate your time and you know, the efforts and things because she was dealing with some real stuff. And so um, I, you know, I didn't have any specific person to refer her to, but I was like, this is where you can go to get support on this and that, you know, and if you're not ready to see someone directly, here are some groups and those types of things. And so it ended up being a win-win. But when I looked back at that, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm becoming an adept in secrets because like my sister said, people tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. So I was like, that's because they know they're not going to hear it anymore. And they know it's not a judgment. And I really truly believe it is because of those years learning to be content with being invisible until someone was ready for uh, to use what I could offer. And so making that little shift from being upset about it to understanding its beauty is a wonderful thing. So if you find that this is something that happens to you and you've not been feeling good about it, flip it and understand that it really is a blessing and that true power and not just power to gain money, but power to affect people in a positive way resides in you. And so with that, guess what? Yep, my time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ whenever you do any of your Amazon shopping. And we may receive a little bit of support for the continuation of the show if you do. And check the show notes for other ways to support us. And I am going to see you tomorrow. Don't forget, this is daily. And yes, we do these daily. I'll see you then. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.